0: This week on Inside Motorsport, we turn our attention to the pinnacle of motorsport, the Formula One World Championship decided last weekend. Lachlan Mansell joins us. I hope you'll stay with us. Well, Lachlan Mansell joining us once again on the show to talk Formula One. And Lachlan, you would be bleary eyed as we record this after the lights at Abu Dhabi held the uh, captivation of the world motorsport media.
1: Leery-eyed Craig, but also buzzing with adrenaline, because that was one of the most epic, enthralling, captivating pieces of sp- not just motorsport theatre, but sporting theatre. I think you'll ever see, and it had all of the drama that we've come to expect in Formula One in season 2021 20, in microcosm, all all encapsulated in one single race and. The thing is that uh, the, the resolution to the, the championship contest between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton is not going to be fully resolved for a while yet because there's still appeals and protests happening in the background.
0: At the moment, though, Max Verstappen is now the world champion and he has done it his way, really, when you consider how he has moved up through the ranks at a very young age. He's got a lot of racing behind him but he's still such a young man in uh, in life terms
1: and there's no doubt that he's an exceptionally talented driver and whatever race car he's given extracts the absolute maximum performance from it and he's a driver who's not afraid to push to, to the boundaries and often beyond the boundaries when it comes to what's acceptable in terms of racecraft. And there's been a few incidents throughout the season where he's been deemed to have been a bit over-aggressive and there's been some penalties dealt his way accordingly. But I think when you look at the season as a whole, you would probably say that the Mercedes on balance has been a slightly quicker car than the Red Bull throughout the season, but yet it's Max Verstappen who was able to win a lot of in the early part of the season, opened up a championship lane, which... Lewis Hamilton, the Mercedes team, then had to to claw back until we ended up with this situation at Abu Dhabi where the two drivers were absolutely dead level on points heading into the final race of the season.
0: The race had its moments of controversy. At the start, there was contact between the two championship contenders and then late in the race, there was a safety car, as we've talked about, I must say, though, I I do feel for Lewis Hamilton. He dominated the race. Once the stewards had cleared him for that first lap incident, he drove away with his Mercedes showing a fantastic amount of pace on the Abu Dhabi circuit.
1: So I think that there's a few things that we need to talk about in regards to the race. So firstly, the incident on lap number one where Max Verstappen went down the inside of Lewis Hamilton at the end of the back straight. And there wasn't actually contact between the two cars, but basically Hamilton was run out of road on the, in, on the outside of the circuit and he had to go across and, and essentially take a shortcut to rejoin the track. He was deemed to have given back any advantage that he gained from that, whether or not he did as as a bit of a contentious issue. But the stewards said, no, that's fair, play on. The Red Bull team, understandably, didn't agree with that. But uh, the race continued. And it looks like Hamilton was in a a pretty commanding position. He built up a lead over the Verstappen. It seems that whatever the Verstappen was able to throw at Hamilton, Hamilton was able to respond. There was a virtual safety car. Um, with, I think it was about a dozen laps to go. Um, And Stafford took the option of coming in and putting a set of fresh hard compound tyres on at that point, which dropped him a fair way behind Hamilton, but he had fresh tyres. And he was starting to rail Hamilton in, but not by enough that he was going to be able to catch Hamilton by the end of the race. And then with just a handful of laps to go, we had the full safety car when Nicholas Latifi crashed his Williams. Verstappen elected to come into the pits and put a fresh set of soft compound tyres on. Hamilton stayed on the track on his what would by then quite worn hard compound tyres. There were a number of lapped cars in between Hamilton and Verstappen and those lapped cars were waved through before the race was restarted with one lap to go and and Verstappen on his fresher tyres was fairly easily able to dispose of Hamilton. But Craig, there's been a bit of a fair bit of discussion, understandably, and as we record this, it's still only quite fresh because it's less than 24 hours since the race concluded. But Mercedes were aggrieved for the, the main reason being that they didn't feel that the lapsed cars should have been waved past at that point, or if indeed the lapsed cars were going to be waved past, then it should have been all of the lapsed cars, not just the ones between. Hamilton and Verstappen. So they didn't feel that the race should have been restarted at all. Uh, because they their argument is there wouldn't have been enough time to wave through all of those lapsed cars with only the one lap remaining.
0: Yes, and yes for Michael Massey, the Australian race director who it looks after all the Formula One events, he was in he was in a position where um, Star Trek fans would say it was the Cobillessec manoeuvre wasn't it there was no right decision you just have to make the best wrong decision
1: he was in a situation where whatever decision he made not everybody was going to be happy so he just had to make what he felt was the best decision for the sport and his decision was that he wanted to get to a situation where we were able to have a resumption of racing which is fair enough because we want the Formula One World Championships to finish under green flag conditions with cars racing to the finish line, not crawling around behind a safety car. So I don't think you can criticise Michael Massey too heavily for that.
0: And your opinion of the decision? Was it the right decision in Loch Mansell's eyes? My view is I think um, Hamilton was hard done by. I think... Under normal circumstances, the cars are all waved by her a lap down, and they're given one lap to catch the field. Um, they could have thrown a red flag and had a standing start resumption. It's it, yeah. it's very tough. Or they could have restarted it with the lap cars still in the way. Now, my belief is that actually would have been the fairest decision to make, in my opinion. The leader had worked very hard to get those cars between him and his rival. He deserves to have that benefit. If you can't, reset the field correctly. But that is one person's view. uh, That's one person's view.
1: Yeah, my my personal view is that given that there was a red flag at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix earlier in the year when, ironically, it was Verstappen who crashed... Then why couldn't we have had a red flag in this race? If Michael Massey really wanted it to be a finish under green flag racing conditions, why wouldn't you have a red flag that when Latifi crashed and then restarted it with five laps to go? And under a red flag, people are allowed to change tyres. So both Hamilton and Verstappen could have put fresh tyres on. They would have been starting on the front row of the grid alongside each other once again, and it would have been a, a flat out sprint to the line between two drivers in cars on tyres that were the same condition. So that's, in you know, in a public world, that's probably what would have been nice. But again, so much pressure on Michael Massey. And I, I think when Latifi crashed as well, it's you, you don't know how long it's going to take to recover a car that's in that sort of position. That's the other thing to understand here as well. So you know, until you get information in from the sector marshals to tell you what the track condition is and to get an idea of how long it's going to take to retrieve it, Michael Massey could have felt that, you know, it might have only been one or two laps behind the safety car at that point, whereas, um, you know, at Azerbaijan it was a crash that happened on the main strain and probably in much clearer view of race control. So, um, anyway, I'm not going to speculate too much, Massey made the decision that he did and Uh, I'll tell you what, if nothing else, it's going to have people talking about Formula One right throughout the off-season.
0: And many people would say that a new world champion is the best thing for Formula One, not necessarily an eight-time champion. And that's probably a conversation for a whole other time because I did want to talk to you about the new world Formula Two champion, Lachlan, uh, because he is an Australian.
1: He is. Oscar Piastri got the job done. He, to, to be quite frank, he got the job done a long time before Abu Dhabi, and it was really just a formality that he had to collect a handful of points to wrap up the F2 Championship. But he's a superstar, Oscar Piastri. Three titles in three different categories in three successive years with the Formula Renault title, the F3 title and now the F2 title and it's a bit of a shame that he's not going to be on the F1 grid next year because there are no seats available for him but he's got the next best thing which is a test and reserve driver role with the Alpine squad so he'll get some miles in an F1 car throughout next season and hopefully he'll be on the grid in 2023.
0: Yeah and what is uh, disappointing is that the rules of Formula 2 do not allow the champion to return to defend his title. It is very much geared towards moving him on and upwards. But in this situation, there's no upwards available for him immediately.
1: No, there's not. And it's kind of, you know, it leaves a bit of a a taste in people's mouths when you get one new show, who Oscar Piastri beat quite comprehensively in the championship this year. Is going to be on the F1 grid next year driving for the Alfa Romeo team and he comes with quite significant personal backing, which has no doubt played a role in him landing that seat. But anyway, uh, Piastri's done everything that he can do. He's certainly demonstrated his prodigious talent behind the wheel. So when he does finally get into an F1 car, I'm sure he'll do Australia very proud.
0: (laughs) We all talk about the young world champion now, Max Verstappen-Lachlan. But interestingly, he's not the youngest that still belongs to Sebastian Vettel. He's not the second youngest because that was Lewis Hamilton. And he's not the third youngest because that was Fernando Alonso. All three of those champions sharing the track with our newest and fourth youngest world champion in history, Max Verstappen. Where does he sit now in the uh, pantheon of champions?
1: Well, I think the, the other drivers who are younger than him on the list of youngest of the Formula 1 champions probably got into a car that was capable of winning the championship before Verstappen did because, again, let's be frank, if you haven't been in a Mercedes since the hybrid era began in 2014, you've not had a realistic chance of winning the championship until this year when the Red Bull was competitive enough that it was able to match the Mercedes in the hands of Verstappen at a lot of the events. So I rate Verstappen very highly as a driver. There's no doubt that he's got a lot of talent. And moving forward with the new regulations coming in for F1 in 2022, it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts on the relative performance of the cars. And one of the things that we always see with new regulations, Craig, is that often it changes up the pecking order a bit. The last time we had a major change in regulations was 2014 and we saw Mercedes moving to be the dominant team. Before that, there was a big change in 2009 as well. And you'll remember that year that the drawn Formula One team, which had previously been the Honda team, uh, burst out of the blocks and Jenson Button ended up winning the championship that year. So it'll be interesting to see if a team can get their head around the new tech regs for next year and and maybe spring a surprise by building a car that has some innovations that the other teams haven't caught it onto.
0: Well, it's going to be an interesting off season. And as you said, this world championship, although celebrated, might not be confirmed for a little while yet. And If it was to be overturned, which would be a, a very interesting outcome, you have to wonder how they'd replicate all the victory celebrations because uh, they were quite spectacular in Abu Dhabi on, uh, well, early Monday morning Australian time.
1: Yeah, I think uh, anyone who wins their first F1 championship and in such a dramatic fashion is going to be celebrating pretty hard.
0: Lachlan, it has been a pleasure working with you once again here on Inside Motorsport covering the Formula One throughout the year. I wish you a very safe and happy Uh, Christmas with all your family and friends and uh, look forward to catching up with you in 2022 not just on Formula One but of course there is a a number of big events that you're going to be uh, covering throughout the year and uh, a number of uh, great great drivers that we're going to look forward to seeing on the track in 2022 as well
1: awesome Craig thanks for having me
0: that's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
1: Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.